You're listening to Fundraising Radio, a podcast about fundraising for early stage startups. The major rule that we follow here is no bullshit on this podcast. No music to relax you, no advertisements of our sponsors. We only talk about fundraising here and nothing else. So let's jump into the episode. And today as a guest speaker, we have Tim Lazad, CEO and Managing Director at Green Life Capital. And this episode will really discuss what does a phrase no investor wants to be just money mean and how to sell this idea of you know investor being involved in your project so team i'll let's kick off by you giving us some background on yourself and on green life capital yeah great content thank you for having me and appreciate this um, a little bit about uh, my background so i was a, a marine u.s marine active duty uh, right out of high school so that kind of defines, uh, that's where I, you know, kind of got my discipline and, uh, and strategies along the way. And so I had a background in finance and uh, real estate uh, investment trust background. And I've also been an operator. I call myself a recovering startup operator. I've had uh, successful exits uh, in that arena. As far as uh, Greenlight Capital, we uh, set out our intent was to be a driver of emerging growth and economic development over the next 10 years for emerging growth companies. So we started Greenlight Capital really to solve three problems. One, lack of access to adequate capital, uh, lack of mature focus from investors to invest in certain industries. In other words, uh, investors sometimes don't understand uh, the industry or the companies that they're investing in. we, uh, I came from also a very highly regulated industry, uh, and I noticed that a lot. And also, we wanted to solve for emerging growth companies that operate in those industries, in their respective industries. They find that uh, their operational and financial demands often far exceed their internal capabilities. So that's what we put uh, Green Life Capital together for. Mm-hmm. Guys, so from what I understood, you basically invest mostly in growth stage companies, right? Yeah, mostly uh, emerging growth. So we, we invest in emerging growth companies, which uh, we define as early stage companies that have broken down the barriers uh, to entry and their revenue generating. So we primarily invest in companies that are based in the U.S. Uh, we do consider about 30% of our investments outside of the U.S., um, our typical investment uh, size really depends on the size of our funds. Uh, we have multiple funds. Uh, typically, it'll be about 5% of the fund size of any, of any given company. In some cases, we'll actually have uh, one single special purpose vehicle for one investment. Uh, so we'll also work to syndicate our deals with uh, other investors and, and funds. Uh, so, like I said, we do we do really focus on uh, emerging growth uh, companies that are revenue generating. Um, we we also kind of have a, a social mission that uh, we're aligned with, and so uh, we you know I know it's kind of a mouthful what what we invest in. Uh, we look for highly skilled operators that are disruptive and um, companies in technology and innovation. So we're focusing on high margin you know, high velocity, revenue generating companies, like I said, that have broken down the barriers to entry. We're looking for them to have established infrastructure. Uh, we like to be able to help along the way with that. Mm-hmm. Too. Uh, 
helps them scale nationally and uh, have a clear pathway to liquidity, either for sell side or IPO. And so we'll invest in companies that focus on conservation, um, efficiency, and um, improving those. And, and we'll uh, invest in companies that are improving the human condition, uh, companies that are having a social uh, impact with superior choices. And I know, like you said, that's a mouthful, So, but in broad terms, um, or in layman terms, it, it pretty much translates to technology, anything technology, um, SAAS, edutech, uh, fintech, green tech, you know, clean tech, agritech, cannabis included, healthy choice, consumer packaged goods. So that's that's it. I know it's a bit broad, <laughs> uh, yeah. but it's beyond seed round. Uh, and so we, uh, but we do help companies uh, that are seed round. Uh, through our other joint ventures, we have under one roof with linked ventures that we can take anything from seed round all the way to IPO. That's really interesting that you're investing in such a broad categories, both in terms of uh, stage and in terms of field. Uh, so my next question is, where do you primarily find those deals? So for let's start with your early stage uh, mm -hmm investment focus so as you mentioned unlinked ventures right it's like this big chain that you have built out to invest from seed stage up to the very pre-ipo stages right right how do you find the companies that you want to invest in at the seed stage because you know most of my listeners are seed stage slash pre-seed stages so that's that's probably the, the question that bothers mm -hmm. them most yeah very good question so like um probably like most um, most of us that are, you know, investors, we we have our own exploration team, and so we'll uh, go out and we'll be in meetings, um, even meetup meetings. So uh, believe it or not, we're in the local communities, you know, learning about companies, finding out about them from very early stages. Uh, it's, it's relationships for us, um, and we're longer term with relationships. So through our relationships, other advisors and industry veterans. Uh, we're building relationships and we'll get a lot of referrals from other investment professionals. Um, sometimes they're not able to invest or they think that, hey, this is a really cool idea. We think you should take a look at it or we do the same. Um, and we have our partnerships with other incubators. Um, you know, I myself, I'm a mentor at Techstars um, and uh, a few other uh, incubators and startups and we have our joint venture with Linked Ventures which is taking in deal flow. Um, so we, we look through uh, incubators, accelerators, other venture capitals, other angels. We go to industry meetings, although right now, obviously we're not able to go uh, live, but uh, we've had a lot of online events and meetings and conferences. So uh, really broad-based, but we're just out there constantly um, working on that. We don't do really any, um, any advertising. Most of it just uh, comes by word of mouth and, um, you know, even on our, um, even with our venture with Blink Ventures, uh, people can just submit their deal right there on the site. And we also have uh, out there on Gust as well. So some people are submitting through Gust. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um, so let's talk about the outreach and specifically cold emails. So I know that you mentioned on our pre-interview call that, you know, you get a ton and ton of those uh, unverified emails, basically just 
where it's absolutely clear that the person just took a large bulk of emails and just sent out the copy pasted message. How do you think founders should really approach that in terms of, you know, how, how personalized it should be? I mean, it's clear that you can't write a personalized email to every single prospect investor that you have, but how detailed should that be? So like how many personal, uh, things should you include in the email so of course it should be your name it should be the name of your capital so i mean it should be a name of your fund yeah. what else should a person include to make sure that you understand that the email is personalized specifically to you but i think it's interesting that you ask that because i think what funders fail to realize is raising capital is actually marketing um so they're selling their services they're selling their opportunity. And so think of it as anything else that you would in marketing, anything that you would go through in marketing, you would want to do when you're trying to get outreach to your investors. So you, you want to do your research um, initially and find out about them. Um, and you want to build a persona. So you're trying to target a specific type of investor. And so that, that's what you, you're trying to attract that. So, and if you don't know that, I think you should hire someone who understands how to raise capital and can target investors. The hardest thing that a CEO can do is raise capital and, and run their company at the same time. Um, and they, they just need to understand that they might not be the best at raising capital. And so let the professionals do it who have done that before. And you focus on building and running your company or building your software or, or your uh, solution to a problem. Focus on that and uh, let those people kind of understand the marketing aspect or even just, you know, how to communicate. Um, so, but anyone can learn it. It does take time. I myself raised capital for many years and uh, uh, I learned the hard way, school hard knocks, hearing lots of no's and being questioned every, with everything that I put out there. Um, uh, so, you know, you want to use other tools. Uh, you can do your research, uh, look on Crunchbase, look at PitchBook, um, look at the investor website, look at their LinkedIn profile. You can look what they write about, look what they talk about, look what they post about, um, learn about that investor first um, so that you know how to profile and build a profile and then target them. So don't just mass blast it out. You should target them. Absolutely. And let's speak a little bit more about your personal fundraising experience. So you said that you've learned all those lessons yourself, you know, hard way. Let's try to help other founders avoid those uh, major mistakes that you've made maybe have done in the past so what would you say was your major major mistake in those previous fundraising experience that you would never never uh make again or would always like push other founders to avoid yeah so i would say not researching or targeting the right investor so the like the early mistakes you can make uh, is going after, like, if you're not ready to talk to VC, like, if you're not generating one to $2 million in ARR, for example, you should not be targeting uh, venture capital. Um, if you're, you know, there's there's certain mistakes like that. It's just targeting the wrong target. That's like a major mistake, I think, that happens. And then not realizing it's a relationship. People are going to invest in people they like. You know, it's it's going to be... Uh, they invest in people at the end of the day. Uh, we that's what we do, and um, you know we're, we're going to invest in people 
and things that we like. And so it's good. It's be about that relationship building. So not building that relationship, that's another major mistake. Like I see too, I still get this today, like someone will connect with me on LinkedIn, which I do readily accept most uh, connection requests. And right after accepting the connection request, they'll send in like a mass long uh, message. Mm -hmm. like right. 2,000 words and a pitch deck and a 70-page <laughs> business plan. I'm like, I don't want to do why don't you find out what I really, what really drives me and makes me tick and you target me and attract me and tell me how I'm going to help you with your trajectory. And I, and then you've got my attention. And so I think that's um, some, some of the mistakes you can make. And I made all those mistakes too, just mass blasting and trying to talk to everyone. I think, I think it's just a numbers game. It is a numbers game, but you still want to you want to have the most effective way, right? You are still going to hear a lot of no's, uh, but you still need to target the right ones. So otherwise, you can have the potential for the right yes. I have people that uh, I have this uh, investment in uh, watches. I'm not investing. You didn't hear that on my what I'm investing in. I'm not interested in watches. So mm -hmm. you, if I'm not even interested in that. Right. Absolutely, and that's. I mean, it's it's normal to make that mistake. I know it's really tempting to send out like a thousand emails to a database you've just scraped. Uh, not worth it, people, not worth it at all. Uh, but let's talk about something you just mentioned, which is, you know, founders mentioned how you as an investor can help them with the trajectory of their company. So when is the right time for a founder to push this, you know, uh, side to investor where they can say that, you know, you as an investor will be able to, you know, put your hands on this, help us do this and that. And question is, when should founders say that and how much should they push on it? Um, well, I think, you know, I think we're alluding to uh, whether uh, an investor uh, just wants to be money or not. You know, we got two kinds of investors. You got investors who are dead money. Um, and a lot of times those are your early investors that, um, maybe friends and family that really can't help you grow, can't help your trajectory. They have no, you know, they they, they might have been your uncle or aunt or uh, cousin or somebody like that or some rich uh, friend you had. Mm -hmm. they, they may not be able to help you uh, in growing your company. And uh, one of my uh, favorite posts that I saw recently on, on LinkedIn was from Matt Higgins, you know, one of the sharks on Shark Tank. And he posted his four pet peeves um, that he has in investor or in in founders, and uh, one number four was that pet peeve is investors don't want to be just money, uh, and he says you have to bait the investor and in how they can help your trajectory. It's good for them, good for you. Um, so this is this is so true because after all, that investor they want to achieve. Um, they're under certain mandates. They have to return capital for their investors too, and they want their uh, return for their investment. So they need to be able to help you grow, uh, and you know they want to have some involvement in that most times. And so the right investor is going to be the right relationship that can help you. So most most investors find that they just don't have that relationship that can help them. You know, they can't 
you know, some investors, they can't help you make introductions or they can't help you solve employee retention problems or they can't help you with organizational turnaround or how to pivot during COVID-19 or the right investor, uh, but the right investor can help you do some or all of these things. Um, so, you know, utilize their network and, and don't be so um, worried. They don't want to run your company. Um, they want to have success for your company. And so that, you know, your, it's a win-win. Your success is their success. And you can lock arms together and grow together. Absolutely. That's right. And yeah, perfect You know, definition. You have to distinguish between the investors who just want to put money in and those investors who want to put money and their personal work into this. Um, so let's talk about the current situation, the COVID-19. You know, uh, what's your advice to those early stage founders who are just starting their companies? What's your advice to them? What should they do now in terms of fundraising specifically? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm, I have the luxury of being experienced we call it. Uh, I've been through uh, several of the cycles. Um, and so like I, I remember 2008 very clearly. Um, I was through that cycle. Uh, I remember uh, actually uh, uh, valuing our funds uh, on um, you know, bond valuations and things like that and having to every quarter write things down. So in this time, but out of 2008, a lot of a lot of great things happened. You know, later on we had the Jobs Act and we had um, a lot of great ways for entrepreneurs. And I think we saw more startups than in any other time before. We've seen, um, you know, we've seen venture capital completely change how they invest, how, they, you know, we've seen private equity change. We've seen a lot of changes and for, uh, through all that time and, now in COVID-19, we're seeing the same thing, but we're gonna, and we're, we saw a lot of people become jobless, but had, you know, great people that had great ideas, and now they're actually forced to go out and execute on it uh, because maybe they don't have another job or, or you know, maybe they've been uh, on the sidelines because of COVID-19. I think it's a great time to uh, bring your idea forward and it's gonna force you into action. Um, it's gonna be painful, but I think um, go, go ahead and go for it, but do realize that you're gonna have to, it, because the money is gonna be more constrained, you're gonna have to be more attractive and uh, have more traction to attract an investor so you're, you're going to have to do a little more. You're going to have to be more bootstrapped and be more lean capital focused. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's perfectly correct. You know, that's positive attitude with a piece of, you know, realisticity here. Uh, so, yeah, be positive, but keep in mind that we're still kind of in a, a little bit of economic depression. So <laughs> be careful. But on this positive yeah. note, let's move on to the last question of this episode, which is a call to action. So what's the one thing you want the listener to do as soon as the episode is over? Well, I hope I can actually say two things, because one thing I would like um, your listeners to do is approach um, their seeking investment or seeking capital as um, research and marketing. And so I think they need to 
take that approach to to raising capital they need to be targeting um, and for you know the second thing I would say is for your listeners who are the early stage founders which is most of your listeners um, just because green life capital is later stage beyond seed round doesn't mean we don't have a solution for you um, we do under one roof we can get you from zero to 10 and by zero, I mean ideation and 10, I mean a billion dollar company through our joint venture partnership with Link Ventures. So we're helping build under one roof um, these solutions for companies to really grow uh, in many different forms. Some call it uh, uh, incubators, some may call it accelerator. I don't think we exactly make call it that, but we have angel fund, venture capital fund, we have recruitment and retention. And so I would go for your listeners, go to linkventures.net, check it out. Uh, we're rolling out our investor summit, which is coming up. We'll have over, you know, our network of investors will be there uh, wanting to hear deal flow. They've reached out to us. They want to hear from more companies that are raising capital. So we're putting them up there, we're, we're showcasing and putting some companies up who are raising capital in front of our investor network that I've taken over decades to build myself. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be educational. Uh, I, I know our investors are really looking forward to seeing some of the deal flow. We'll have like hopefully 30 to 40 companies. Nice. And we're still, we're still taking applications. Um, the event September 25th. It's going to be virtual, so um, you don't have to book a hotel or book a flight, or um, you can even attend in your pajamas, although if you're presenting and hope you're not in your pajamas. Uh, so I, I hope they would apply. So I, you know, we are actively seeking and it's real easy application. And so we'll, we'll take them or they can email me directly as well. Um, you know, at Tim at, at glifecap.com. Sounds good. Yeah, I'll definitely make sure to leave a link to both Green Life Capital Ventures and to the Linked Ventures and to that summit that you've mentioned. And yeah, I highly encourage everyone to apply because I assume that, uh, qu quick question here, by the way. So if they apply and they do not get accepted, do they get some sort of feedback why they did not get accepted or not? Yes. Yeah, so we're, you know, that's the idea. We we want to be able to see if there's a way we can help them. You know, if if there's a way we can help, we definitely want to be there to try to help. If um, if it means, you know, there's a there's a few things that they could have done better. You know, it's just it's it's going to take. Uh, oftentimes, it just takes humility, though. I mean, obviously, some people don't want to hear feedback, so mm -hmm. they have to be to hear some feedback in why they weren't selected and what we can do to help get them ready to be there. Because we do want to have, you know, the companies that have a good chance of getting funding, that's what the investors want. So, and we want to be able to bring those companies to them. And if we can help a company uh, get to that level and find what, you know, what pieces they might be missing to get there, uh, we would love to be able to have that opportunity to do that. And so we will definitely provide feedback. Absolutely. That's great. And yeah, that's a perfect incentive to apply people. So if you have some good idea, definitely make sure to check out the description of this episode. I'll leave a link to Link Venture Summit that's coming up in this September. So do that. And my call to action is, as usually, go to the description of this episode. I will leave all the links that I mentioned before. So you will find something good for yourself there. And 
Have a good day.